Today, you have a chance to become a premium member of the podcast. Click one of the premium membership levels and you can get everything from a free book by an ag arts artist to free postcards to extra bonus interviews to the chance to have a piece of writing critiqued by me and a free workshop or reading by Mary Swander. So go to those show notes, scroll down and click to become a premium member. Thank you so much for your support. This week, we're on the road in Manning, Iowa, in Carroll County, interviewing Scott Eichmann. Scratch any farmer, and you'll find a multi-talented person, often an artist. Scott makes junk sculpture. He works at his family farm operation during the day. He gives therapeutic massages in a clinic in town, then works in his garage studio at night welding together nuts, bolts, combine chains, and other implement parts into sculptures that have drawn over 40,000 admirers on TikTok. A veteran, Scott traveled the world in the Marine Corps, deploying to both Iraq and Afghanistan, where he became interested in healing modalities, both body work and the work of healing the soul through art. We first visited Scott's home, winding down through his backyard to his garage. There, we saw his sculpture of a Marine carrying his buddy out of combat, put together with thousands of old military dog tags. The massive piece towers over Scott himself, nearly brushing the garage ceiling. Scott dedicated his COVID-19 isolation time to working on the sculpture. But it isn't the size of the piece that creates its power. It's the emotion that comes through its welded parts. It's the compassion that shines through the patriotism. One man carrying the wounded body of a friend through enemy fire. Scott. Hi. On the other (laughs) side of a massage table here. Let's go to, first of all, your piece of sculpture. Could you just describe what we just saw in your garage? Sure. Uh, Right now, uh, what I have is a soldier in combat. He's in motion, in a running motion. He has his rifle uh, raised and he's firing it. It's got the bullet coming out of the end of the barrel with all the combustion coming out of the, the flutes of the, the end of the, the barrel. But uh, he's also carrying a wounded soldier up on top and he the soldier up on top, he's missing a leg to obviously give effect of the um, reason for him to be 
carried. Um, but he, the guy up on top is completely covered in dog tags. So the dog tags are there for the purpose of it's all of, it has the names of all of the um, fallen from Iraq and Afghanistan wars. It has their names on them. Um, but it's in a way for, like I explained before when we were in there, um, it's to give effect of, that you're carrying the weight of of the fallen with you throughout your entire life, um, whether it be from when you are in combat, like they are in that that scene, to uh, after when you were out of combat, to guys that are dealing with PTSD right now and not being able to, uh, some of them not being able to handle the loss of their their brothers and sisters and being able to try to get through that and they're so they're constantly carrying the weight of the not I don't want to say weight of the world because it's a common phrase but it pretty much is the weight of the world so on them uh, so that's kind of what the uh, the the main effect of it but the reason why I have them in motion uh, is because no matter what you got to be keep pushing forward uh, you can keep um, no matter what when you're in a mission or anything like that you no matter if your guy goes down or anything, you just keep going. And that's kind of the way I, I uh, have it set up for this. And there's a lot of hidden meetings in within the statue, but that's kind of the main ones. Uh, my motto is, um, for the blood of the fallen, I will carry on. And the reason that is, is it's kind of exactly the same as with the way the soldier is and what the reasons why I'm given on that is because it kind of gives all that effect. And so I think I have a lot of um, v veterans that see it and it's like an instant gut check to them and it, they, they get it right away and, and it hits them. So it, I don't know it for me, it's personal, but uh, for even on the civilian side, it's personal and it hits. So it's just a, uh, I I kind of just I don't know I really like it <laughs> and but this this statue has kind of just been a, a very meaningful one for me to, to make. So the statue itself, it's one soldier carrying a wounded comrade who's basically wrapped around his neck, and the buddy soldier is what's made out of the dog tags. Yep. that you uh, actually found the exact names of all the people. Is it 7,000 people? I want to say it was 7,050. I'd have to go look at it to double check. But, okay. yep, it's on the DOD website. You can look it up. Anybody can can look that up. So those are the exact names of people who died in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. And you had those stamped as dog tags. That's what you actually had to have made for the sculpture, and then the main soldier himself. Describe him a little bit. Sure. Uh, what, what, you know, because we're talking ag arts here, and I, I think this is so cool because you're incorporating parts of the farm into your art. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, the boots and are made from discs that, uh, the disc blades, that I chopped up and, and I kind of formed them up and welded them together. The 
shoelaces or bootlaces that are on there. That's from hogs, uh, hog um, gating that I chopped up and made the bootlaces on it. The the trousers and the pants or trousers and the the shirt is um, from chain that comes from either combines or or other farm equipment. It's your normal. I want to say it's 60 gauge, the chain, but they, uh, I, we had an abundance of it from overuse and then dumpster diving, trying to get it. But, um, his, uh, the vest is made from, uh, it's metal from a pressure tank for a well. So that, that's where that came from. But then, um, I don't, his rifle is, um, both tubing from, the um from general farm equipment um hog waters and stuff like that and then i also have his um i mean there's bearings being used on it that the on the rifle and then uh the scope is from a railing from in town that i kind of cut down and remolded to make it look like a scope but there's just there's a lot of parts and pieces on this that i've kind of just molded into what my brain came out with <laughs> as soon as I saw it that I saw it on the farm or I saw it you know wherever it was and I was like oh this is looks like this or it can be this and I worked on trying to make it into that which sometimes works sometimes doesn't <laughs> oh it's excellent um so tell us a little bit about your background um, you grew up on a farm, and then you yourself were in the service, too, yep. right? Yep. Uh, so I grew up on the farm uh, just outside of Manning. It's like four miles out of Manning. But uh, we have both hogs and um, corn and beans ground. But they uh, for hogs, we farrow to finish. So it's uh, a nonstop every day work <laughs> they and we're somewhere in the we have about 550 sows for the farrowing operation but then we're somewhere in the 5,000 or so finishing unit hogs but it just we have like five different locations that we have animals at so it's a constant ring around uh we also grind our own feed and so it's we go <laughs> so we harvest our own corn and then we grind our own corn and then we're mixing different bean meal and stuff like that with it but we're doing that and then it, it's just a a full operation within itself but um for growing up on the farm so i kind of grew up with a, a heavy work ethic is, is what it came to is is it's the farm before anything else but then um i went off to college and uh, a buddy of mine ended up that he was going in the military and he said hey you want to go in with me on the buddy program and at that point when i was in college i was open major i, w I was doing i was going down well i don't want to say the wrong path but i was going down the uh party side the party my, path yeah <laughs> and my my gpa was was uh hurting for it so mm -hmm. i kind of wasn't seeing uh, a direction anymore and i had 
growing up as a kid, I've always wanted to be in the military. So that kind of was just my push to, hey, yeah, let's do this. And so went and talked to a recruiter for a while, and I ended up joining the Marines. So, <laughs> which is uh, a little nuts to, you know, to think of it that it's that simple of a choice, but I, it kind of, when you, I did talk to him for a very long time before making the decision, but uh, yeah, I joined the Marines and I, um, the only thing that I would say that wasn't probably the smartest thing was I tested high, for, so I should have gone to Air Wing or somewhere, you know, better, but he's like, where do you want to go? And I was like, well, where else? The infantry, you might as well go to the infantry, which it's like, why? <laughs> why did I do that? But yeah, I did that. But now being in the the infantry and meeting all the guys and having all that friendship that lasts for a lifetime, I wouldn't trade it. So and having all the life experiences of both, uh, I deployed to Iraq and I deployed to Afghanistan. So there's both personal with this project, you know, that it ties in with life experiences while I'm over there. So it's just, I don't know, it, it kind of goes crazy and that I'm, I go from the farm life to now I am, you know, overseas somewhere. And it, it, it comes somewhat full circle because when we were over in uh, Afghanistan, they did have corn. So I'm sitting there going, oh, hey, it's just like home, you know. Granted, their corn looked definitely different and smaller, you know, ears and everything. It just, and the way that they were planting, it was completely different. But I guess it was working for them. But uh, a lot of the, what they were growing was, was drugs. So <laughs> it wasn't. So that's, there's the. A few poppies that, but, mixed in those rows. Yeah, there's <laughs> poppies. Intercropping. Yeah, it wasn't working out for, <laughs> the corn was on the low end of things, of their, their mindset. But yeah, it just, a uh, completely different life, you know, for, to go from, because when, when I was over there, I'm, I'm meeting different farmers and I'm going, hey, and I had pictures on my phone that I'm like, me holding an ear of corn out on the farm and I'm like I'm a farmer you know hey here and maybe you should try this you know and they had agronomist over there and stuff trying to teach them how to you know get better yields out of their stuff but I mean I think they would more apply it to the opium versus the uh the corn and, and but we were trying the to do the others <laughs> so that maybe they would want to grow something else rather than that. But yeah, it's, it's crazy how everything comes full circle with that to go from farming to military, to see farming, interact with it, and then come back out. And now I'm back to farming, back to the basics, you know, <laughs> that's, that's how I see it. <laughs> that's great. That's really coming full circle. Were you in combat then? When you were yeah. Uh, well, so, um, Iraq for me was more of a on the later side of things. Uh, we did more. Uh, we blew up old IEDs and and um, drove around, did missions, watched the pipeline, you know, for Taliban to steal anything. But then um, um, when it for Afghanistan, that one was a little more kinetic. That, uh, but my friends more endured that than I did. So um, just because. At that point, I became the armory custodian, and which sounds like a janitor, but it means that I'm in charge of all the weapons maintenance 
of the company. So they're if they have something go down, I need to be in charge of getting it back up and, and running. And if somebody's personal weapons, the same vice versa, all that stuff. So because I was the only one out of the company that did that, my CEO wouldn't really let me go out on the same missions that the other guys did. So I got kind of stuck behind. I still did a, a bunch of the driving and doing that. But uh, the that was another thing is, is uh, for both Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, friends learned not to steal or not not steal, but not to um, drive my vehicle because uh, in Iraq, uh, they had me stay behind on a mission. And he took my vehicle, went and got blown up. Yeah. So everybody was fine, but got blown up. And then uh, in Afghanistan, same thing happened. I They made me stay behind, and then they took my rig, and they went out and like five minutes later, I hear the explosion. I'm like, seriously. You know? <laughs> and I told him before he left, that was one of my, my friends. I, was, I told him, I was like, you don't go, don't go. You know what's going to happen. Cause he went on the first deployment with me. I was like, you know, what's going to happen. It's bad karma. You know, don't do it. And I was like, I'll drive. And, but it, you know, obviously happened. It's not obvious because of that reason, but it did. So it just, uh, from that point on, everybody's like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not staying there. You can take it out if you want. But, yeah, that's – but obviously, kinetic enough, uh, I want to say uh, we had – for Afghanistan, we had seven out of the battalion that KIA. So it was – I want to say seven or nine. I, I'm, I, get, I get lost on some of it because um, – we're at the point now that now that I've been out for so many years, we have more um, suicides than we had that we lost overseas. So that's where it kind of also with this project, it hits a little bit harder. But trying to understand um, as much as it is a, a therapy for me, I think it could be a therapy for other people. And the VA does have um, an art competition even for you know, people can do different arts and try to, as a therapy. Scott is now contemplating the best place for his sculpture. Some have suggested he keep it in Manning. Others think it belongs in Washington, D.C., next to the other war memorials. He would also like to find an agent who would help him with the marketing end of things so that he could be free to sculpt more creations. And I understand you have a large TikTok following who'd like to see this sculpture <laughs> in Washington D.C. Yeah, there's there's quite a few different locations that that they've listed off of Arlington and and different things that um, um, like that traveling uh, a touring memorial. Uh, they've mentioned uh, just different museums. Like uh, I can't remember what 
it's a military museum that they mentioned. And so there's a lot of places that it could go. It's just a matter of figuring out how to get it to, to go there because a lot of those places don't pay for those items. And as much as I am all about donating things, but my uh, I have way too much time <laughs> invested in it to let it just go and, and personal money too invested in it because um, right now just within both material and dog tags I'm probably a little over 4,500 into it so it's as much as it is a hobby just like having a motorcycle or having anything else you spend money on it and you put money into it um, and I get that but if there's a chance to get money back out of it. <laughs> well, I'm not? a big believer in paying artists. So, sure, you know, sure. so you should be paid for your work because, you know, there are hours and hours and hours that you put into it too. Yeah. Not in addition to your own personal experience. So it's not just like anybody could weld a few chains together. Sure, sure. And do this. Yeah. And and I think the the farming end of it, we do a lot of our own repairs, so that's kind of helped me do a little bit more of the mindset of understanding welding and all that stuff. But uh, if you, my brother does art too, but he doesn't have any big projects going on. Uh, his latest one, he just made a little, you know, a flower type of thing. But like a, yeah, yeah. Cool. But yeah. Uh, he's he's kind of opened up his shell a little bit of doing artwork. You know, now that I've done mine, because he's like, I can do that too, you know. But his welds are way cleaner than mine. You know, he does a way better job welding than I can. I'm more of a tack here, tack there. I can blend to to make a collage of something, and he's more of a um, does it and makes it look, you know, more realistic kind of type of thing. So uh, kudos to him, but they uh, – yeah, we're, I don't know, want to say a family of of artists or something. My uncle does painting on, but he does different painting on, um, like, old farm shovels or oh, things okay. like that, saw blades. Um, but... Well, you're in the Eggart's family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, but, like, within probably only... My uncle's been doing it forever, but... For brother and I, it's only been like two years that we've been messing around with it. So it's just, uh, and we're constantly now that we've gotten on TikTok and and uh, done different things, and I've gotten followers from it. I've looked at uh, other metal artists on there, and we're trying to learn how they do it, the tricks of the trade, you know, how to make something look realistic versus you know abstract. And there's a uh, there's a couple of different ones on there that it's nice when an artist is willing to show how they did their, you know, how they got to that point versus just saying, well, you figure it out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I get it. I get so they it. put videos on TikTok of, yeah, like, this is the way I did this particular yep. Uh, there's there's of one guy out art. of uh, Canada. Uh, I can't, I'm going to butcher his name, but Rob Jung or Jung, something like that. It's J U N G, but his uh, his artwork he does like willow tree sculptures, but it's um, it's like of a willow tree of a depression, and it's a, a female that's like sitting there, and her entire skin, everything looks like bark, and her 
has tree branches coming out of her back like angel wings. It looks awesome. But he is completely willing to share anything. So there's a couple different times that I commented on it saying, how did you do this or, or what material did you use? How did you, you know, and he's willing to tell you anything. <laughs> so it's, it's awesome because <laughs> it's like, oh, perfect. And he's, he's doing it for a living. But it's one of those things that's like, oh, this is great. You know, I can pick his brain, figure out how he's doing it. Because there's other artists out there that you ask them a question, they're like, just figure it out. You know, it's like it took it's practice and just figure it out. And, but it's just really nice when they're willing to do it. Um, but as as far as uh, TikTok, yeah, the the followers, yeah, it's it's kind of grown uh, with this project the first project i didn't get that much response from it but i wasn't really going for that i was more going for to pay for the this one so it helps out when you get a, a decent following going and what 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 is your following now uh it's it's just under fifty thousand. it's 49 <laughs> like seven or something like that but uh it's it's slowly growing it's eichmann custom creations is the the name i kind of just called it that because um, if my brother starts to do artwork, I figured we can do it as a, a brother thing, and he can sell some of his stuff, too, if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it's it's doing pretty well. On the, It's nice to get um, – it's one thing to be local in small town and get the gratitude from them, but when you put yourself out there for the world – there's a lot of harsh <laughs> reality of mean comments, mean, you know, tweets, all that stuff. And it's nice to uh, have enough of a following that no matter what, the majority of all the comments are, this is so amazing, this is great, well, you know. And it's it's nice to have that because it kind of gives you uh, just a, a relief that say, hey, it's not just friends and family saying that this is okay, you know, because <laughs> I, I know how it is, you know, even like, you know, you see different artists or whatever or singers or something like that, that their family says, oh, you're great. And then they get out in the real world and it's like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> and and I, I am completely understanding that reality because military does not lie to you. <laughs> they will just tell you straight out if you're horrible, you know, or, or something, but that that's where I kind of you know you get a little bit of thick skin from the military, but at the same point, it's nice to uh, have the followers thin that skin out a little bit, you know, so to speak, and make you feel a little bit better. I mean, anybody likes to feel a bit better in the Absolutely. world. <laughs> well, the small town gives you a community, an anchoring community. But oh, now yeah. it's fun to see that you're you've got a probably a global. I bet you hear from people from all over the world. Oh, yeah. a global yeah. response that really. Is a confidence booster, I'm sure. Yep. There's there's different. Uh, I've got a lot of well, a couple different from um, both Canada, Australia. You know, different military people from them that have chimed in, and I I had it set up that on TikTok that people can send me their uh, dog tags of their fallen if they wanted to. Uh, currently, the way I have it set up is it's only U.S. Uh, KIA, I didn't get from other countries uh, for, you know, your British or any of them. So I do have it set up that I put the address on there. If somebody wanted to send something, 
they can, and I'll make a video of me mounting it onto the the statue uh, just so that we can incorporate. Because regardless of this just being U.S. right now, everybody, like you said before, everybody's tied into it. So um, I did have that set up. But it's, yeah, it's, I like the, the following and how everything has been working out. Yeah, <laughs> you, you have a new career. What, what's your next project going to be? Have you uh, got that planned out? Well, I had somebody contact me. They want a fireman tribute oh. made uh, for a friend of theirs. And uh, we haven't, I mean, I kind of sent them, I cannot draw. So as much as I can do stuff with welding and woodwork, my drawing skills is stick figures. And so I try to find something. It's hard to sell somebody on something with a stick figure and be like, it's going to look good, I swear. <laughs> it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So there's right now, because uh, even when showing my girlfriend what I was going to make, like I just did a stick figure drawing of the piece that's there now. And she's like, I don't see it, you know. I was like, "It'll look good, I promise. I'll look, it'll look good." And she's like, "She's like, okay, cool, you know," and just goes with it, which is great. But uh, trying to sell somebody on it that wants to put money down on something, it's almost impossible because I don't have that capability. So I try to find something online similar to what I'm going to do, and I'm just like, okay, it'll look somewhat like this. We're going to add our own features. I'm going to customize it to. Like for this fireman, I asked him, you know, for, you know, what's his number, what's his station number, and, you know, give me his hat or his uh, fireman hat so that I can tell exactly, make it look exactly the same, or, you know, can I get the same air packs system that they use? Try to do something like, like that just to can really get it solidified. But, uh, yeah, right now that's that's the next project possibly of of uh, doing the fireman tribute. If not, I've already wanted to do a fireman tribute. So if it falls through, I won't customize it till the very end, and I can still like it, keep it here if I wanted to, or sell it, or however it goes. That's great. You are a volunteer fire. Yes. Yep. Fighter, right? Um, from 2013, I want to say. So. It's uh, yeah, that's coming along too. The little bit of everything, and and it is volunteer. So I I know how that is with uh, full timers versus volunteers. The uh, <laughs> love hate relationship between the two, <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's still getting the job done. Still putting out fires and and saving lives, uh, trying to save lives. So it just yeah, we do that. Uh, and then on the ambulance department, but, um, but yeah, it's it's going, it's a lot of time because you're required to do so many, um, make so many calls and and do so many drills and and make it to so many meetings. There's, it's not just a, even though it's a volunteer, you still have to be in it. You still have to be trained. You still have to, you know, know what you're doing. It's not just a hey, here's your gear, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, you have to know. So, um, but yeah, it's between that and farm and everything else. The farm alone, I, and I, I don't want to talk down the, the family because I, I work for my, 
my family, but uh, I'm I'm lucky if I get my half Sunday off. That's that's the the normal uh, because hogs and farm comes first. So if something's broke, which is just typical, you know, <laughs> you lose, you sit there and you go, well, what I had planned is not going to work anymore. So between that and then all the volunteer stuff and then being able to, and other massage business, it just gets to be quite busy. And uh, with, uh, I guess, for for uh, doing this metal art, that's why it takes so much time. Um, starting that project from, from 2020 to finally getting to a, a closing point, I, I applaud my TikTok followers for sticking with me this long because when you only see progress every couple months that you see, oh, he did something, you know, it's kind of a lot of people, they, they want to go to the next video right now <laughs> and see progress. And it's just not that way with me. So it, uh, it takes time. And that's why with this uh, next project, it seems like he's, uh, willing to work with the time schedule too, so that's nice. But I'm, but like I said before, um, I'm constantly trying to learn. Like the the guy from Canada, asking him questions because he makes stuff look more realistic, and it seems like he's he shows his progression. Granted, he's doing it full time. His progression is going so fast on his uh, Facebook and and TikTok, and I'm just sitting there going, how. Are you getting this to work so easy and you blend it so fast and and he's willing to share it all. So I'm trying to learn how to do it faster and that way so I'm not he's probably there. not farrowing five hundred and fifty cells no, either. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. And and that just it just yeah, it gets to be quite busy with uh, hogs because no matter what, anybody that has worked with hogs knows that they will break everything and they'll <laughs> die for some unknown reason that right. you got to try to figure out. And so you're constantly trying to fix her some kind of problem. So Scott Eichmann in Manning, Iowa, let's bring attention to your beautiful pieces of artwork to uh maybe free up some time for you you're a very busy man <laughs> you've done a lot of service for the world and now you're bringing us the service of your artwork so we've really enjoyed talking with you today thank you Many thanks to Robert Stone in Omaha, Nebraska, another veteran originally from Carroll County who provided our music today. And check out our website for photos by Annie Chapman Brewer of Scott Eichmann's work. And that brings our episode to an end. We were produced by Rick Brewer of Brew Ha Ha Audio Productions in our studios on Main Street in sunny Fremartintown. We had support today and would like to thank the Centipede Fund, the Iowa Arts Council, the Werner Ellithorpe Fund at the Oregon Community Foundation, and the Calio Levine Fund, and all of you who have sent us individual private donations. We welcome your support. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe and never miss a podcast. 
Become a member or simply go to our website, agarts.org, and hit that red donation button. See you next time.